welcome to the very first episode of another round with Tom and Kevin. And I'm very excited about this. This is my buddy, Tom Harness. Uh, my name's Kevin Huntsberger, and uh, we're trying a new platform. We're trying a new adventure uh, in our worlds of social media. Yeah, we attended the MDMC conference. Uh, wow, was that three weeks ago now? Yeah, just about, yeah. Three weeks ago, and one of the big pushes anymore is doing uh, live video. And we decided to uh, take the radio show that we were kind of doing with a, with another colleague uh, and kind of just branch out and do video. Mm -hmm. So it's a little scary for some people, uh, but we want to put ourselves out there and also highlight three areas uh, or three businesses that we kind of, or I guess hobbies, businesses that we're involved in. Uh, but today we're under the Harness Digital Marketing uh, window to talk about um, or talk with a very special guest. Um, I'm really excited. I was reading the bio. Uh, I guess I want to I, I want to highlight this person as much as I can, but I want her to tell as much as she can about herself. So I want everybody to give a warm welcome uh, for Miss Katrina McGee. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So you, uh, if everybody gets a chance, we're going to um, add their uh, add Katrina's. Uh, social media accounts in here. You need to check this beautiful, amazing, talented woman out. She is a ray of light. I mean, first off, look at that smile. You <laughs> go wrong with that smile to start this day off. Uh, but there's some things that she has been working and we kind of want to let her tell her story because she has a background that's kind of special us too, being that you and I both sit on the Southern Illinois Wellness Board. That's right. Uh, that was previously the Women for Health and Wellness Board. So we're real big into health and fitness and making sure that women are taken care of. And uh, um, further, uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's welcome our guest Katrina and uh, tell us a little bit about your your background and your your history. Well, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm excited to help you try out this new platform. Y'all have to let me know how it works. This is about too. Um, for the last two decades, I've worked in women's health and empowerment. It's been uh, an amazing career. When I say that, I feel so old. Oh my gosh! But uh, it's been an incredible journey. I started out in uh, women in heart disease at American Heart Association. And by the way, this was my second career. I started out in accounting, and then I did sports marketing, all that. Um, but I fell in love with related marketing, in particular, women's health and empowerment. I started the first national women's campaign for the American Heart Association and then branched out, did my own business after six years there, continuing to work with women before I went to Susan G. Komen. And I was there long enough to become their EVP and chief marketing uh, officer. So I've spent a lot of time in women's health and empowerment and leadership. And now in this season of my life, it's all about knowledge transfer. I continue to do women's empowerment. I have a Loving on Me Academy um, and lots of exciting things to help women lead in every aspect of their life. So when, you, when you've gone throughout this whole journey that you've done with working with some nonprofits, um, obviously the, focusing on women has been a huge part of this. Where do you see are some of the, I don't want to call them deficiencies, where do you think there's areas that women uh, in especially health and wellness need to really step up and, and focus on a little bit? Well, you know, it's interesting because I started out in women and heart disease and I didn't know a lot about women's health before I went to the American Heart Association. I had no idea that heart disease was the number one killer of women. But when I really started to, to dial into it, the thing I found is what has been consistent, no matter what disease state, no matter what I'm talking about, is that we always put ourselves last. We do not pay enough attention to self-care and we're nurturers. Many of us are nurturers by design and by choice and we have busy lives. 
lives. I mean, we are career women, we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs, we're, I mean, we're rock stars who get a lot done, but unfortunately we don't put taking care of ourselves at the top of our to-do. And I found myself in my, that position when I left uh, Susan G. Komen. I, I was a hot mess. I mean, I was really tore up from the floor up because I had let go of self-care. And so when I started Loving on Me, it was with this passion to help women love themselves and each other more in the most practical of ways in terms of making self-care a priority and learning how to live according to your own priorities and how to be still and still be productive. And so no matter what I talk about, I always start with you are enough. You have nothing to prove to anybody. And that taking care of yourself is the first and most important step to learning to take care of others. Is that message resonating? Do you think, how do you convince a woman or, or anyone in, for that matter, to get over that feeling of guilt of, you know, focusing on themselves because, you know, I've kind of heard a lot of people say you can't truly help someone else until you've helped yourself. So how do you get over that guilt uh, factor that may come up when, when you are taking care of yourself, so to speak? You know, it's a funny thing because I think most of us live up or down to someone else's expectations. And it starts from childhood and we never really release it as an adult. And I, I've learned to give really practical advice about managing your priorities and your life. Most of us spend all of our time trying to find work-life balance. And what I've discovered is that's not something you find. You have to create it. And it's intentional. So I spent a lot of time in the book working on personal transformation. And then the academy itself gives you tips to use in your everyday so you can prioritize your priorities. And let me give you an example. So I was a single parent for a really long time and I had to leave work every day at 517 to pick him up by six o'clock. Now you all have kids, so you'll appreciate this. When you're late to pick your kids up and somebody else has to watch them at school, you know, you get the face like, you got the look, didn't you? Yes, all the time. I hated it. Not just from my son, but from the person at the school. Like, you know, I have a life too. You need to be on time. And so you operate in this space of guilt. And I finally had to say to myself, because I travel for a living too. Listen, there are lots of other things that I can let go of, but this is the one thing I'm going to prioritize. See, most of us say I'm going to prioritize my family. And, and that can mean so many things. Like, does it mean you're going to eat dinner every night? Does it mean that you're going to be present for all the soccer games? Does it mean that you're going to sit and do homework? I mean, we have to be practical about things because we're not going to meet all of those obligations. That's just life. And so I got real with myself. And the priority for my son is I was going to be on time. If I was in town, I was going to be on time. So I made it a practice to schedule my day. So I was finished with everything by 4.30. That way I can wrap up, pack up, take everything home I needed to and still be on time. And that's what I'm talking about in my courses now about the specifics of how to prioritize your priorities. Did I miss some things? Yes, but I managed to be on time because that was the one thing in the scope of family that I had prioritized. So when, when we talk about prioritizing, there's always like, even from a health perspective, we still make those excuses. So I've, I've personally tried the whole, I'm leaving at 4.30, but a client calls or this. I mean, I still make excuses. So going through your academy, does that help some of the other women that are really packed, the entrepreneurs, the, the women to really take ownership of like, listen, it's going to be okay that you tell them to call back or you don't take that call at 4.30 so you can leave? Yes. Yes. That's 
why the first course is called Five Steps to Get in the Driver's Seat of Your Life and Stay There. And I made that one absolutely free because this whole concept of trying to find balance in our lives is so difficult. And it changes as the seasons of our life change. So in addition to setting priorities, I also talk about putting a plan in place to help ensure you can meet those priorities and to not pick a lot of priorities. And then how to curate your inner circle because it takes a village, a tribe, right? We're all interconnected. And so who are the people I need to surround myself with to ensure that I can prioritize those two or three things that I say are the absolute most important? You know, having a tribe, uh, Kevin, you can speak to this mm -hmm. too, is so important because you use this a lot because your schedule and your wife's mm -hmm. mean uh, being an anchor in the morning news, you get up at two o'clock? 1.30. So oh you're getting, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so you're going and you depend on other people and you, and yeah. on, the, on the flip side, you're off at a different time. So you're able to help people That's out. So right. you have a tribe. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, you see the, the inspirational quotes all over um, the internet, you know, about surrounding yourself with the right uh, group of people, the lions walking in, you know, that one really sticks out to me. And it really comes down to having people that are going to have your back because you know, a lot of times we're self-deprecating by nature. I think humans are. And when you have that other support there to kind of help lift you up, or if you're there to be able to lift someone else up, I've experienced it uh, on social media just yesterday. So I, I really appreciate and enjoy the message that you're putting out there and uh, the, the way you're using it on social media and using that platform uh, to reach so many other people. Yeah, I try really hard to keep it positive. It's one of the commitments I personally made in life. You know, we're surrounded by negativity now, and sometimes it feels like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, last year in particular, we had so many natural disasters. Life itself was just heavy. And so you have to have people in your life that will encourage you and affirm you, while also practical people that will lend a hand, who will step in and work with you, uh, others who will teach you, some who will sponsor you. So in particular, in my free course, I give women seven categories to say, these are the types of people you need in your life because one person can't be everything to everybody. And so I think you really have to think of who is my tribe? Like who is team Katrina? The people I can depend on to show up and show out all the time, not in the same ways, but, but really enrich my life in a way that allows me to be at my best. Is it hard for some women to take your course and kind of evaluate their friendships with people? I mean, because it's they're really kind of looking at them not for face value. They're really looking at what they contribute to them to, to their own success. Is that hard for them to do? Yeah, and I'm not, yeah, it, it is definitely hard to step back and assess are the right people in my life. So I'm not telling people to get rid of their friendships. I mean, one of the things that I have on there is somebody who makes you laugh, an adventurer, somebody who pushes you outside of your comfort zone. There are so many of us that are not having fun in life. And I'm like, my goodness, go enjoy your life. This is the one you get. So I, I mean, and I'm really passionate about this, but what most people don't understand is Equal pay is a result of many things. And so in order to uh, really focus on achieving parity and pay, we have to start with equal opportunity. Women are hired less right out of college. And then once they get hired, there's the equal advancement issue. We're promoted less. And so when those two things are fixed, when we can really work on those, then we can achieve the parity and pay. We can help minimize sexual harassment and all the other things that are bubbling up with the Me Too movement and so many other 
conversations, important conversations that are happening. So in this season, I'm really about preparing and positioning women to lead. You know, most of us, we do a great job at work and then we get promoted and we're so excited. And then we have two people on our team and we love it, except for the leading people part. Because these people are not like us. You know, they're not motivated. And they're, how do I get these people to do the thing? That's what I'm stepping alongside leaders to help achieve. Because most of us get promoted in the leadership or management positions and never have management or leadership training. So if I can help prepare and position women to lead, if I can help open doors by um, going into corporations and talking about important things like opportunity and advancement, then I feel like I can really make a difference for not only this generation of leaders, but our daughters and nieces that are coming behind us. It sounds like it's a, a, a top level and a, a grassroots effort, you know, getting that corporate mentality to change at the top, but also empowering those that are kind of entry level or getting into the ground floor to take the ball and run with it, too. Very much so, because I think, you know, we have to do it from both levels in order to be successful and be promoted. you got to prepare position, work on your executive presence, and then perform. And so if I can help individuals with those four things, then they are powerfully primed to go into leadership positions. But I also have to work at the corporate level and continue to sound the alarm and say, hey, we need to have more diversity in our corporate boards. We need to have more diversity in not only our entry-level positions and administrations, but as people matriculate through the leadership pipeline. And then to help those leaders not burnout because that lack of training actually burns people out. You know what I'm saying? They don't have the skills they need to succeed. So I do a lot in personal training, I, uh, per personal branding. I do a lot in leadership training, but then I also focus on good health because if you don't have health, you don't have anything, right? You know all about that. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, um, I, I don't know if you caught over the weekend, 60 minutes had a special on the CEO of Salesforce mm -hmm. and, uh, I at, at the company and he realized when he was going into meetings, there was hardly any women being represented. So he had, I think it was one of his other uh, executive leaders run some numbers and they were realizing that they were not doing a good enough job of, of promoting within or promoting women into those positions. Uh, but then he also addressed the fact that once they did, when he started to acquiring other companies, which, which this might, might be a good sales lead for you, uh, Katrina, when they were purchasing other companies, these other companies were lowering their standards and money. So when they were acquiring them, those numbers of how they thought they were doing well went drastically down again. So he had to spend a whole bunch more money to reevaluate, retrain, and, and go through that a process of, of hiring uh, a woman into those executive levels all over again. So it was one of those, this company's doing the right thing. And then they realized all of a sudden when they ran the numbers again, why did we drop so bad? So I, I guess always looking at the big picture uh, and the data and the information that you collect is huge. I'm sure you learned that a lot from, from uh, sports marketing too, that how much the, the numbers make sense. Absolutely. And kudos to him. I did catch his interview and I thought it was brilliantly done. And he partnered with his head of HR, who was a woman, who yes. was... Uh, nervous at first to even bring up this conversation. She said, okay, you have to promise if we do this, we're going to do something about it. And that unfortunately is where a lot of people fall down. Like they have the numbers. It is physically possible to run the data and find out if there's parity in your pay, but then you have to do something about it. Like you have to make the changes and that costs money. So there has to be a real commitment to parity in order for it to take place. But I, I love the way he did that. And he taught, I think all of us some important lessons 
Number one, whether you're a corporation or an individual, uh, learning and evolving and growing is continuous. So every time he acquired a company, he had to do something different because he was merging not only cultures, but pay structures and everything. And our life is like that too. You know, every time we're in a new environment or we enter a new season, like I just turned 50 this year. It's like my life is changing as, as I grow and develop and age. And I'm like, wow, you know, we have to fall in love with life in every season and mine it for the opportunities that it presents. So we had one comment so far. It was Carly uh, Carpio. I quote, I said her last time. She said that uh, it changed my life. So apparently you changed Carly's life. <laughs> Carly is an amazing individual. She's uh, the founder of Regular Girl Fitness and is one of those things where, you know, when you're starting on a new endeavor, trying to figure out what that thing is that you're trying to incubate and grow and develop it takes a lot of focus and discipline. So the act of really prioritizing your priorities, making up your mind that you're going to focus on a thing and master it, I think is a revolutionary concept because we all believe you get more done through multitasking, but multitasking is the crypto tonight of productivity. And yet we all continue to do it. And so that just that one small act of saying, this is where I'm going to focus my time and energy absolutely will help you get more done. Well, and you've talked a lot about fitness and, and taking care of yourself. You have a, a special challenge coming up in May that uh, we'd like you to share with our, our audience as well. Yeah, so May is Physical Fitness Month, and 20 years ago, I started on this quest to get people off the couch and get them moving. My first program was Choose to Move that I did with the Cooper Institute. It was 13 weeks. Nowadays, people barely have the discipline to focus on anything for a day, so we've truncated it to <laughs> May. It's 100 miles in May. You can bike, walk, swim, run, hike, whatever. It's a doable goal that gets people moving, gets us jump-started as we go into to the summer months. So they can go on lovingonme.com and register for the 100 mile challenge. They'll give you tips and tricks the whole month. And more importantly, you will have an encouraging community that is walking with you saying, hey, I did three miles today. Hey, I went for a bike ride today. So it becomes this fun thing where you challenge each other. We've done it for the last two years and it is a lot of fun. Number one, it gets me up moving. but It also has people around the country meeting up to walk together on Saturday Saturdays, getting to know each other and really um, taking a moment to prioritize our health. Yeah, uh, I have to brag on my buddy here. Uh, Kevin has uh, been on a run streak for how long now? Uh, it'll be two years on May 1st. So Yay! Runs every day. I, uh, I will tell you, uh, I, I've not been a very good exercise person. However, I've been uh, working out with some of my local uh, Team RWB veterans. We're we do 15 minutes of stairs. There's 25 steps up and down. So I've been trying to do that at least twice a week. And, uh, and I've been pretty good about that. So I, hopefully I'll continue to that because, you know, I 100% I agree with you that as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, uh, the health factor is huge and the leadership. Uh, those two things uh, are probably the foundation that keeps us going to deal with all the HR the clients, the customer service, all that stuff, because it can be very daunting and overwhelming because the reality is once the business starts, the honeymoon is over and you, <laughs> have, to, you have to have that. You have to have all the tools in your under your belt to make sure that it's successful, which I'm sure with your background in, 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 in everything that you've done has built you and led you to this point in your life where I'm, I'm going to predict that you're going to be pretty absolutely amazing. 
Oh, well, thank you. You know, I am one of those people that is forever learners. So there are still things that I'm trying to learn to master. My son joined me in the business last year. He has a tech background and a, um, an MBA in strategy and planning. And I'm not that good at tech. So he really runs the academy. And I've had to learn how to delegate and trust and let it go. And for a person, I mean, you know, most entrepreneurs have some A-type personality. And so letting go of anything can be tough. But in order to accomplish more, you do have to be able to delegate and empower others. So it's been a really wonderful journey for me personally, too, learning more about my personality type, focusing on the things I'm super good at and releasing the rest. So as we wrap up here, um, I want you to uh, either have your son or you, um, once this gets posted, um, you mentioned that your first course for Loving yes. Me Academy is available. If we could get a link in there to let people sign up and that way they can learn more about it. And hopefully uh, we can have them uh, go out into the world and be uh, little Katrina McGee's. How's that? <laughs> I want them to be their best self, not me. <laughs> I know, but it starts with motivation. It starts with leadership, you know, and, and I think that that's important, but um, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you, Kevin. Do you want to wrap up for us? Sure. Uh, you know, we appreciate uh, Katrina being the very first guest on <laughs> another round with Tom and Kevin. Hard for me to say Tom and Kevin and not Kevin and Tom, but Hey, you, we'll get there. We'll get there. You wanted to, I gave, <laughs> I offered you top billing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I offered you top but, billing. But uh, Katrina, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I follow you on Instagram and on Facebook and, and the posts that you make, they are very inspiring. It's not, uh, you know, we talk a lot about women and, and empowerment, but it, it does, uh, you know, run the gambit for, for men, women, and children. So thank you for what you're doing and for being a part of our show today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for following me on Instagram. We've been doing a career boot camp the whole month. So each day is a little nugget. So if the listeners have a chance, go to I Am Loving On Me on Instagram and check it out. We've been having a lot of fun. We will get those links. We'll put those in once we uh, finish the show and we'll, uh, we'll uh, tag you and all that. And uh, we will see you next time. So until then, uh, everybody have a great day. And uh, do you have a saying or something that you end with your, uh, your, your folks, Katrina, that you can end the show? We want to end it with you. Okay, so the one thing I want to leave you with is um, what I truly believe about anything in life, and that is impossible is a solvable problem, not a permanent situation. So whatever you're facing today, there is a solution. Every challenge, there's an opportunity. Just keep searching for the right solution. Perfect way to end it. Thank you again, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.